Providence in prayer. The readings for this week address this theme in unique ways. What does it mean for God to care for his people? And what does it mean for his people to cry out to him? The book of Esther is a beautiful, disturbing, and dramatic account of the people of Israel during the time of Persian captivity. It's also unique in the Hebrew Bible. It tells its story in ways that are in some ways familiar, in other ways unfamiliar, for a reader of the Hebrew scriptures. At its heart is a story of the way that God preserves the people of Israel during a time of great terror and uncertainty. Similar to the exilic setting of the book of Daniel, the book of Esther takes place in the courts of Persia and narrates the story of Esther and her relative Mordecai. Esther is a Jewish woman who becomes the queen of the Persian king Ahasuerus. Mordecai is identified as a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin who had been carried away from Jerusalem among the captives carried away by Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away. Through their positions in the Persian court, Esther and Mordecai are able to thwart a plot by one of the king's high-ranking officials to destroy the Jewish people in the Persian kingdom. This adversary of the Jewish people is identified as Haman the Agatite, the son of Hamadatha. In a dramatic and ironic turn, Haman himself is hanged on the very gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. The king says to Esther, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows because he intended to lay hands on the Jews. By the authority of Queen Esther and Mordecai, the Jews actually defeat those who had intended to destroy them. The Feast of Purim is then inaugurated to commemorate the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month that had been turned from them from sorrow into gladness, and from mourning into a holiday. In terms of the Old Testament storyline, the books of Daniel and Esther both recount the endurance and survival of the Jewish people during the time of the exile. There's a lot going on in the book of Esther, and it's one of the most sophisticated pieces of literature in the Old Testament. But for our purposes here, it's a dramatic account of God's preservation of the Jewish people, even when they're in exile and even when they're not necessarily calling on his name. One of the surprising aspects of the narrative, especially when we see it in contrast to the book of Daniel, in the book of Esther, the Lord's name is not mentioned. The author does not directly appeal to God's providence, whereas Daniel prays directly to the Lord and reads the scriptures. Esther and Mordecai never call on the name of the Lord, and we never see them praying in the book. However, within the context of the writings of the Hebrew Bible, the last major section of the Hebrew scriptures as a whole, we can see that the book of Esther gives us a fascinating and important glimpse into the time of Israel, the people, during the Persian captivity. Though the people are in peril, they are delivered in dramatic fashion. For the Jewish people, the Feast of Purim reminds them of a time when their people were under threat and were yet miraculously delivered. Though the book of Esther itself does not include a direct reference to the Lord's help or God's providence, several poetic texts in the book of Psalms make this connection. Whereas the book of Esther is one of the small narratives that populate the writings in the Hebrew Bible, the book of Psalms usually comes near the beginning of this major collection. In Psalm 124, the psalmist reflects on the deliverance of the people by the Lord and attributes it directly to his providence. It's also one of the Psalms of Ascent. So in the context of these readings, 
the Feast of Purim and the Songs of Ascent connected to going up to the house of Israel, going up to the temple to celebrate, and also remembering times of deliverance. So fittingly, the psalmist writes, verse 1, If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have been swallowed they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us the flood would have engulfed us the torrent would have swept over us the raging waters would have swept us away praise be to the lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth we have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare the snare has been broken and we have escaped our help is in the name of the lord the maker of heaven and earth In some ways, Psalm 124 provides the words that we found missing in the book of Esther. Read alongside one another, Psalm 124 can give voice to the illustration that Esther provides. The Lord miraculously saves the people and allows them to continue, giving us hope that they will one day endure and survive exile. And just as it is the Lord's judgment that sent them into exile, it will be the Lord's grace that brings them out of exile. As the psalmist reflects, praise be to the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In an interesting way, the book of James ends with a set of themes that reflect and echo both what's going on in the book of Esther and also what's going on in Psalm 124. James, speaking to his people, writes, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sin to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Here, James envisions the nature of the Christian life as marked by one of calling on the name of the Lord and praying to the Lord for deliverance in all circumstances. These might be small troubles, minor issues, or they might be life-threatening issues where life and death hang in the balance. Calling on the name of the Lord is never the wrong thing to do. He follows this up with an illustration similar to the one depicted in the book of Esther. Here, one depicted in the book of Kings. He mentions Elijah. In verse 17, he says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from their error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So here James speaks of the wonderful work of God in the life of Elijah as he prayed, Uh, for deliverance and the end of famine, and uses that as an illustration of the power and effectiveness of prayer spoken in righteousness. And he uses that and connects it to the life of the church, care for the sick, and also those who are praying and sharing the gospel with those who are in need of repentance. So, all in all, the readings for this week address both prayer and providence across quite a range of redemptive history. In David's day, the psalmist moves toward the temple and prays of the Lord's protection. In Elijah's day, the prayer of the prophet prompts the provision of rain for the land 
In Esther and Mordecai's day, the Jewish people are dramatically delivered from a specific accuser and a dangerous threat to their existence during their exile captivity in Persia. In James's day, the church is called to call out to the Lord as they strive to live wise and holy lives, as they suffer and persevere in light of the gospel. The heart of these reflections is this, the God who made the heavens and the earth is also the sovereign Lord of the moment that you find yourself in. He's also a God who hears our prayers. Praise the Lord for his grace.